So we're wrapping up our adventure series this week, and so it's been fun. It's been a kind of a fun three weeks, and so uh, to show some different movie clips. This is the first week um, that I haven't shown a family-friendly one, so Josh had to make sure if there are any curse words that they, <laughs> they got cut out. So I will not assign this to you as homework. I will say it is an excellent movie. It's Ocean's Eleven. I highly recommend it. However, PG-13, parental guidance suggested plus some swears. So just know that. But I'm sure it's an older movie. I feel like none of the movies I've shown you have been in like the last decade even. Um, that's where, that's the place that I live. Like, okay, I, I just love them so much. How many people have seen Ocean's Eleven? Yes, it is a must. Uh, so good. And then I didn't know that it was a remake already. Like there's one from the 60s with the, with, I think with like the, the Rat Pack and I had no idea that was a thing. Um, so maybe I'll go back and watch that one. But what I loved, it kind of is a culmination of some of the things that, that we've been talking about, and I felt like that part of the clip um, was helpful uh, as an illustration for what we're talking about, which is a little bit, um, we're going to try to really touch on this idea of giftedness, right? It needs to be a whole series in and of itself. So creating this conversation today was difficult because I'm like, how much how deep of a dive can we do in one Sunday? So know that this is a brief sort of flying overview as we've been talking about um, the adventure that we're in that we call uh, life and faith. Because um, last time I was like, I really need to clarify some things. I was having a conversation with some friends and they're like, well, Carrie, when you talk about... Um, about like life skills or when you talk about how we're built for relationships, that's good and that's true, but, but people might see that through the way that, that you are, that I am. Because I'm built different than the way that some of you are built and so relationally, that is uh, just, I'm built for it in ways that I don't really have a lot of other skills. <laughs> like I, I took this, this thing called um, Strengths Finders and they, have, uh, they give you your top five strengths, and then there's a, a, like array of um, different categories that those go into. Like you're a visionary, or you're an administrator, or you have relational skills, or you have all these other buckets that, that your strengths could be in. My top five strengths, one bucket. What bucket is it? That's it. That's all I got. I'm not, I have nothing else to offer. Uh, we, <laughs> all right, it might be a little not true, but Right, so um, maybe you saw the um, article that we posted on our, on our Facebook page. We got a call from Resonate that said, hey, tell us a story about your church plant. And the story that was in the front of my mind about what was happening at the time when they contacted us was how grateful I am to be part of a team that fills in all of my weaknesses. If, right, if I'm really only good at a couple things where I thrive at, which are the things that it doesn't take a lot of effort for me. I have all these other people on my team that make it possible to do what I do. And without them, this wouldn't be a thing. We wouldn't be in this building for sure. I look at a couple people. But that, uh, the conversation that our article was about was about Alex. Hi, Alex. I point out Alex all the time. Alex is this um, wonderful administrator. And in, in our conversations with each other, it didn't take long. Like, she loves spreadsheets and color coding things and, and binders. That's not true. She'd want everything to be digital. Like she's like, you don't need binders, Carrie. Just I'll give you on a Google Drive and I'll share these things with you. And I'm like, okay, because 
I'm not even 40 yet. I'm going to be 40 this year, guys. We're going to celebrate. Don't worry. But I'm the least techie person I know that's my age, right? And so she show every time, it's so funny when we get together, we have these conversations and when we're she, I'm like, you know, trying to scroll and I'm looking and I'm doing the things and she's just like, maybe, would you like, would you just like, would you like me to show you? Yes! You don't have to, you don't have to make it, you don't have to um, walk on eggshells about that. I'm, this is not my strength. I'm one of those people that um, through the course of my life have um, a unique ability maybe fully recognize the things I'm not so good at and be perfectly fine with it. It's one of the greatest gifts I feel like I've ever received in my life or, or maybe done a little work towards of this idea of sort of knowing yourself and the things that you're good at and not good at. So that's what I wanted to do today as we wrapped up these conversations that we have. Let's talk a little bit about that. A little bit of the things that you're, you're good at. That's why I love this clip because, um, right, th their goal is to rob a casino, right? And they needed to put together a team. And so if you watch the whole thing, you can remember all the people that they go to find, to find that have one specific job. Like, this is going to be one big um, heist that's going to take a lot of time and work, but they need these specific people that are good at just the one thing. Like, that's their one thing that they're good at, and so they put together this team in order to accomplish this overall goal. They're experts in their field. They know that one thing better than anybody. And so they put together a team. We're not all that different from that, right? We, we have these, this one sort of common goal, and we're uniquely created with gifts and abilities and personality traits, which definitely come into play, and passions. That God has made us excited about things. And that might be different than other people. And generally, nine times out of ten, your passion isn't going to differ from the things that you're good at. Every once in a while, something diverges. It'd be like if I came up to you and said, I have this passion for surfing. I love it so much. I watch, I do the things, and I, it's not true about me at all. But right, like that, there's nothing about me that would be a good surfer, right? Like so, so every once in a while, you find one of those things that maybe, uh, maybe divide a little bit, but generally, the things that you're passionate about are also the things that you're good at and that bring you some joy. And there's all kinds of personality assessments that you can take, right? Have you, have you taken one of those in your life? It's not. Give me a, the Enneagram is very popular right now. I mean, very popular. I'm looking at this group over here where there's younger people tend to sit. Um, we love the Enneagram right now. And we love it so much that we, uh, we kind of joke about it. Like, oh, you're being such an eight right now. You just need to tone down your eight a little bit. <laughs> or, you know, and I'm feeling very nine today. I just need a little time. Just need a little time. And, and, and sort of we joke about some of these things. But they're wonderful tools that help us, that really just answer some basic questions about who you are and how you're built. So I love it when somebody takes a test like this for the first time. Because they take it and they're shocked. This is so me. Yeah, you just answered questions about yourself, right? And, but, but, the same, but the interesting thing is, sometimes the, the negative side of those things is that we kind of put each other into boxes. And if this is what you are, then that's all you are. And all fours are the same, and all eights are the same, or all, I don't know, you can be a lion and an otter and a golden retriever, I think, in one of those tests, right? Like, whatever it is you are, those aren't all that you are. But it gives us a good talking points for some of the things that the bends that you have, 
the giftedness that you have, what your personality says about who you are. Our church uh, actually puts their teams together using this uh, strength-based idea of saying, all right, we're going to build a team. We need to make sure that we have some uh, different people that have different strengths to make sure that good, all the voices are heard on this team. Often, when I was at Alive in Jenison, I'd be like, ooh, we need to know how people are going to feel about this decision. Carrie should come on the team because she'll make sure that we think about who's gonna, how they're going to feel about this. I leave the spreadsheets and some of the crunching and can we afford it to people like Jeff, right? He's good at that. We wouldn't be, stand, we wouldn't be here without guys like Jeff leaning into some of those things. But I get to say, how are people going to feel about it? We have this thing called a shape assessment. And it asks you questions to sort of learn about what some of your spiritual giftedness is. Right? Spiritual gifts are a little bit different than um, when we think about personality types or strengths or weaknesses. These, are, these are, are things that God, gifts that God gives us in abundance by the, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Those are gifts like uh, teaching, wisdom, faith, giving, service, evangelism, discernment, uh, all the things that different parts of Scripture tell us about. It's not that we all don't possess some of these things. The gift, the, the gift that you have to be a giver, sure, you're like, I give, I give my money, I serve, I do these things. But there are some people that that is just innately who they are, and God has given them that gift abundantly. Faith is the same way. There are some people where this, like, I have faith, but there are some people that have this almost supernatural kind of faith, where you talk to them and you're just like, Wow. You're, the faith that you have blesses me because it's just given in such abundance. So there are, there are kinds of gifts that we tend to read in Scripture that's familiar to you, right? We know there, there's 1 um, Corinthians and there's one in Ephesians, and we're going to talk about those some, but they're really familiar to us. And so we're going to go, can you give me the first slide, which is 1 Corinthians 12? And um, I use the message this time because, well, one, I really like the way the message says it, but sometimes I feel like in my life where certain pieces of scripture become really familiar to me, it's helpful to go to a different translation, whether it's the message or something else, but something that makes you read it more slowly. And so the message did that for me. So this is what it says. This is 1 Corinthians 12, and the way the message is set up, it is not verse by verse. So this is sort of 4 through 11. God's various gifts are handed out everywhere, but they all originate in God's spirit. God's various ministries are carried out everywhere, but they are all originate in God's spirit. God's various expressions of power are in action everywhere, but God himself is behind it all. Each person is giving some, given something to do that shows who God is. I love that. That shows who God is. Everyone gets in on it. Everyone benefits. All kinds of things are handed out by the Spirit and all, to all kinds of people. The variety is wonderful. And then he lists some. Wise counsel, clear understanding, simple trust, healing the sick, miraculous acts, proclamation, distinguishing between spirits, tongues, interpretation of tongues. All these gifts have a common origin but are handed out one by one by the one Spirit of God. He decides who gets what and when. I love that. He decides who gets what and when. I have one of, because I'm, I'm sometimes aware of my own, uh, part of some of the strengths that I have are being able to recognize uh, the giftedness of others. 
And maybe that's why I've been, I've been like, hey, tap, tap, tap. Would you like to be part of this fill-in-the-blank team? Because uh, I, I, I see this in you. I know this about you. Um, we've had a conversation, and I want to pull you into something. Because that's really what it boils down to, right, is the things in your life that you're naturally good at and drawn to. Sometimes, I think in the unhealthier version of myself, I could become, and maybe you're like this too, you can become covetous of other people's gifts, wishing that you were more like that other person. If I see people with gifts of administration, I just kind of think, could I have a little? Could I just, could it, could it not all be so hard? Uh, whatever that is, maybe you have people in your life that you, there's something in that person that, that you love and appreciate about, and maybe at times you can just be like, I just want a little of that. Well, that's the amazing thing about being a part of a community is you get part of it. You, but you get part of it through a relationship with another person. right? And all the things that make you you, God in his infinite wisdom gave that specific person those specific gifts. And they're not to be like me. They're to be like Jesus. So mine are gifts that often get celebrated and showcased more than most. right? My personality, the way that I'm uh, made up puts me in the spotlight a lot. Long before I did this, it didn't take me very long to, to come to Alive to be um, a student ministries person. And in, I don't know, the first few months, they were like, you should do announcements, right? Like, you're kind of fun. You're funny. You say weird things. People, okay, let's give you announcements. And so they just sort of let me live into all these things that I, I was good at, but I also really enjoyed. Alive was the first place that sort of said to me, just go be you and just shine and do all of those things. That's an amazing gift. But some people have some of those more behind the scenes gifts that don't often get the spotlight or celebrated. My personality can be big and some may say overpowering. And the 22-year-old version of myself was obnoxious, <laughs> right? We grow into those things as we understand who we are and how we're made and how we fit into God's larger plan. So then you get confidence in who you are, and it's not this necessarily this need to be greater than so that other people are less than, but to just be confident in who you are and who God created you to be. In, in the world, when you read the books, they call that being healthy, but that's all that means, is to be healthy just means to know and to understand and the process of becoming the best word ever, self-aware. It is one of the greatest things you can do is to do the work of knowing yourself and to understand who you are and how Christ made you to be, right? Knowing your strengths and weaknesses, um, but not, not ever touting your strengths to make other people greater, but also not using your weaknesses as a reason to not do stuff. I don't get to not administrate things. I'm not good at it, but Alex doesn't do, like, let me just be like, okay, Carrie, I'll do all the things and you don't have to do anything. That's not how this relationship works. She teaches me things so that I can go and do that work. It's never going to be the thing that comes natural to me. What is that for you? Be thinking, what are the things that, that you feel like you're gifted at, that God's given you, that you just, that's your... It's your bend, it's, it's, you love it, that's where you succeed, that's where you feel successful. And then what are some of those things that you're like, ooh, that is just not me. We can't use our weaknesses as an excuse to not do stuff. 
I talked about it last week. I said, no, relationships, they're not, they're not me, so I'm just not going to do them. Nope. God does not give us a pass on being in a relationship with other people, but we're not going to be good at everything, and that is okay. Sometimes we have this need in our culture to be, uh, to be good at all the things that we try, Right? Um, that when you're, I went skiing for the first time and I, I just sort of expected to be good at it. And I can sort of be like, if I'm not immediately good at something, then I don't, don't want to do it. I went down the bunny hill one time, almost ran into a kid, fell over, got back up, turned my skis in, never went skiing again. I was unwilling because it didn't come naturally to me. We're not going to be good at everything and it's Okay. It's all about living into our strengths, aligning your life with who God designed and created you to be. Out of all the things I could or should do out of obligation, where can I serve with strength and passion? We get to live into and lean into the things that we're good at because God designed us and gave us those things with a purpose, to do something with it. This isn't one of those All right, now everybody go sign up to help us make Sundays happen. You should, here's the ways you should be involved at Alive in Granville, and we can fill in the blank. There are wonderful opportunities for you to be involved here in our life skills program, all that stuff. But this is a more of a conversation about who are you and what are you doing about it? How do we together further God's kingdom? Some people get to use their strengths and it really lines up with their vocation. You get paid for what you're good at and that's fantastic. Some of you, that's not the case. And so some of your strengths um, lie outside of the vocation that you have and so you look for different ways to serve. All right, Jeff is a whiz with money. He gets paid to do that. He's an accountant. If you meet Jeff... Sorry, I'm picking on you, man. Um, but if you meet Jeff, you have a conversation with him, and you're like, yes, you, those are the things that you're good at, and he loves it. And we can celebrate that because, without, like I said, without being him on a team, we wouldn't be where we are. Brian can lead a meeting like nobody's business, right? Leading a meeting is a strength. He doesn't waste any time. He pushes us forward. If he says you're going to be an hour, you're going to be an hour. And he's using his gifts for the kingdom. And not all gifts have to be to a specific church, but who are you? What are you doing about it? What are you doing to further God's kingdom? Derek can fix a car. He can fix almost anything. Rick can too. He fixed my brakes and he charged me next to nothing for it. What a guy. There's giftedness in those things. Maybe he charged you, Tim. Tim's giving me a face. He might owe Tim a brake job. Right? Our friend Sue, she's not here, but she will pray for you. She doesn't get paid to pray, but she's one of those people that has a passion of hers and a joy of hers. And when she's here cleaning the church, that's what she does. She prays for you. If there's prayer requests, I can pass it on to Sue, and Sue will pray. Becca loves our kids. She's not even out here because she's hanging out in nursery with kids. She signs up for life skills every week just to be with kids. Um, She does not do anything with kids in her job. What's her actual job, Brian? There you go, occupational therapist, right? Those things don't connect, but they're part of who she is and what God created her to be. Whatever your gifts are, however God gave them to you, use them. Let's look at Ephesians. Ephesians 4, again, this is the message because now I was really digging the message. 
Again, a familiar verse about giftedness, but I want to draw your attention because I love this phrasing. You were all called to travel on the same road and in the same direction. So stay together, both outwardly and inwardly. You have one master, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all who rules over all, works through all, and is present in all. Everything you are and think and do is permeated with oneness. There is nothing that speaks to us of what God gives us in abundance to use together. We had people, I, I, keep, I use this church as an example because it's the, it's, the, it's the biggest ways lately that I've gotten to see those different things. Because it takes a lot to, make, to have made all of this happen in the short period of time that it did. And there are some people that came and, um, and cleaned and did some of those things. And I don't know if they'd say, yeah, my gift is in cleaning. They're just like, but their gift was a, a servant heart and a willingness to do that work. Tim spent some long time painting because Tim is a really good painter. If you need someone to paint your house, you should talk to Tim. He gave of some of his time to use his skills to do the work. And sometimes it is. It's the, it's the physical work that you come to do, and sometimes it's the stuff that nobody sees. But it's all those things that make you uniquely you. I like to use life skills as an, as an example because life skills, that relationship piece of that, is sort of, I think, a microcosm of what God calls us to do and how he calls us to live. So if mentoring uh, is being in a relationship with somebody and ultimately pointing them to Jesus... That's the, if we're going to boil what we're asking down into that one thing, is to have a conversation. And for me, I think I said the phrase, it's the easiest thing in the world. And some of you are like, that is 100% not true. I do not feel that way. That is not easy for me. It actually causes me a little bit of anxiety and fearfulness and a feeling of maybe being unqualified. Because when I feel like when you see me and I talk about mentorship, what do I mean by that when you see me? I, I make relationships mostly by being friends with somebody. It is hard for me to hang out with somebody and not just be like, so we're friends now? Like, that's what we are? Like, that's how I define sort of everything. That's, that's how I build people up. So is that necessarily going to mean that, that that's the relationship that is going to be the best served in that and how we be mentors? Some of you are, are, have been coaches in your life. Jim isn't here. Jim's a great coach. Coaching is a different, a whole different mindset and, and strategy and way of approaching something, right? A coach comes up with strategies and gives encouragement along the way and kind of looks at what you're doing and helps you um, get better, gives you more skills so that you can become better at whatever it is you're doing. That's a great way to approach being a mentor. Those are skills that you possess that you can come into relationship with somebody. Some of you are, are, are teachers, and that's a gift that you've been given, whether it's because it's your profession or because you're really good at it. Have you ever spent time with somebody that, can, um, that is just really good at explaining things? I am terrible at learning how to play new games. Just awful at it. I love to play games, but I'm always like, wait, wait a minute, go back. That's why I never learned to play Uper. I didn't. I never, like, people were terrible at explaining it to me, and they would talk about the things, and then you, the bower, then the left bower, and you throw it down, and then you, then you know what he's got, and then you're done. What? I have no idea. You did not explain it well. I would say that that person wasn't gifted as a teacher.
teacher, per se, right? But when you can teach someone, maybe you're sitting down with somebody and you're, you're, you're teaching them something. You're approaching your relationship with them that points them to Jesus by using the very thing that you're good at. Because everyone is built with relationships, for relationships. You don't have to be the person that has a ton of friends to have relationships. Think about the relationships that are already built into your life and how you do that. How, where's your place in your family? Are you a boss? I think that overall, if I had, I mean, Krista right now is the person I'm technically the boss of, but that is debatable most days, <laughs> um, right? Uh, but I think that I sometimes worry about what my personality looks like if over a staff of 10. If I'm going to be friends with everybody, is that going to make me the best boss in the world? Probably not. What are some of those relations that, relationships that you are built for that you are naturally good at? Are you an encourager? Are you somebody that just by being around them, you just leave feeling a, like a better person? Do you have people in your life that you go to to feel that way because they just exude that? It just sort of pours out of who they are? Do you have that person that when you're going to make a big important decision, that's who you have coffee with? Like you sit down across the table from them over some sort of beverage and have a conversation because they're going to ask you hard questions. Built that way. Because we're not built to do any of this alone. Because not everyone, none of us, not one person in this room has everything that it takes to be successful. Or whatever word you want to use. <laughs> to, to do it well. To go the distance. We're not meant to do it alone. And anybody that tries or says that they are, sometimes you'll have like an extreme uh, introvert will be like, I just really don't like people. Yeah, that's not really true. Eventually that person is going to feel disconnected and lonely. Because we are built to do life with other people. It's why we don't get all one thing. It's why, why I love the, the church. It's why when we come together and I can look around this room and the more that I know you, the more I can say, I know this about you and this about you and this about you and this is what you're good at and this is what I see in you. Because it takes all of us. Have you guys, um, have you heard of um, like the, the, the pulling horses, like the Clydesdale horses? They're the Budweiser horses, really. It's probably what you know them as, right? The Budweiser horses in the commercial. That sometimes, with the one with the puppy in the Super Bowl, I cried a little bit. I got emotional about the Budweiser commercial. But it's interesting, uh, to use this analogy, uh, these horses are bred to pull things. You don't see them saddling up and riding them. Clydesdale is one of the breeds. Belgians are another. There's more. But these horses were often used um, in logging back in the days because they could pull a large amount of things. So, um, and they still, this is more of a modern picture, so they're still in those rural areas sort of used for that. And a one um, horse can pull 8,000 pounds on its own, just one. That's a lot. That's more than a, your, your car or a large pickup truck. That's, that's a lot of weight, 8,000 pounds. So then you'd think that if, two, if you have two horses, that it's going to double it and be able to pull 16,000. No. Two horses together triple and can pull 24,000 pounds. Two horses that are met for that, that work together, that are pulling in the same direction, can pull 24,000. They are pulling a semi-truck up an icy road. There's like a million pictures of this because I think it's just a crazy phenomenon that, that can 
happen in some of these maybe more rural places. Isn't that unbelievable? Alone, 8,000 pounds. Add one more and you're at 24. I like that math. <laughs> that's, 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 that's good math. That's Jesus math. That's miracle math. That is kind of an unbelievable feat. How much can we accomplish when we're in it together, pulling in the same direction? For a lot of you, when you first came here, I sat in your living room and I said, is this something that you want to be a part of? And I tried to lay out a little bit of the vision early on and what we wanted to do and what we wanted to be about. If you still want that conversation, I would be happy to sit in your living room and have it again as we add and invite more people onto this journey of, of what God is doing in Granville. But it was this, I need, and some people, I, like, I need you. I need your specific gifts and talents and abilities. I need the way that you think and understand. I need your passion for the things that you believe in and are willing to stand up for. I want you to be in this place. I need you with me to pull in the same direction. Things that I simply cannot do by myself, I need you to be in this with me. Together, each one of us discovering and developing and using our gifts for the kingdom-building work. That's what this place is about. You don't have to be like me. You have to be fully you because that's what God created you to be. And for one minute, we can't think that any of our gifts are undervalued. You are qualified because you are connected to the vine. And that wasn't meant to be a glib thing to say. There's still going to be things that uh, freak us out things that we're going to feel unprepared for. But, I mean, really everything that we need is, is in and among us because of who God is and who he created you to be. There's this, there's this song um, that maybe isn't on the radio as much as it used to be, Matthew West. I love it. I've used it for our devotions and our leadership team. And um, I just want to read you the first part. Uh, it's a longer song, so, but this idea that that makes perfect sense to me. It says, I woke up this morning, saw a world full of trouble. Thought, how'd we ever get so far down and how's it ever going to turn around? So I turned my eyes to heaven. I thought, God, why don't you do something? Well, I just couldn't bear the thought of people living in poverty, children sold into slavery. The thought disgusted me. So I shook my fist at heaven and said, God, why don't you do something? And he said, I did. I created you. That's, it's, it's a wonderful song. It's theologically amazing because it speaks a truth to our hearts and who we are. We need you. Whether you are here in this place for a moment uh, or whether you're going to go back to someplace else that you go, the whole point is we need you. God's redeeming work, his salvation plan involves you. So if you don't have a good understanding of who you are and what you're created for, let's together work on that. Let me, let me help you and give you some tools to discover who it is that you are and what, what God's created, to you, created you to do and what gets you out of bed in the morning. Where do your passions lie? And then use them. And use them for the kingdom of God that he will be glorified above all, yeah? And we get to do that together because we are always better together. Let's pray before we share a meal together. God, it is amazing to know that the God that created the world knows my name and dwells in my heart. 
You knit me together in my mother's womb, and you knew who I would be before I could utter a word. Lord, you, you gave us different strengths and abilities to glorify you in all things. And I ask that your spirit will infiltrate every area of our lives. I pray that we will find joy in who you are and that, that, that we let the truth of the gospel, that, that it just wrecks us, that it pulls us apart, that it undoes us, that it breaks our hearts for the things in the community in this world that breaks yours, that, that you help us to live lives of intentionality, of discomfort as we seek to love our neighbor. Give us the desire to live into who you made us to be, who you created us to be, the, the specific things that you looked at us and said, that, I'm going to give them that. Everything we do help us to glorify your name for who you are because your love for us is amazing and we want the world to know. In Jesus' name we pray and we believe. Amen.